Jones and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And now we're going to get some shoving. Luka Doncic and Devin Booker in the backcourt. Well, while Luka was talking before when they were up, now Devin getting his opportunity to take it right back to Luka after he misses an easy one to tie this game up. And they're being separated right now by the staff of both the Mavericks and the Suns. They've come out, security staff, separating the two teams. Mainly it was Doncic and Booker. Exactly. Everybody else was just around them watching. But you're right, there's been a lot of jawing. John Bloom, Tim Kempton with the call yesterday on Arizona Sports. We welcome you back into the 5 o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo Show. Kay Ray, the voice of the Suns, Kevin Ray from Valley Sports, uh, filling in for Gambo today. And I, so many different ways and things to talk about with that game, whether it was Kevin Durant, what he did, Devin Booker, what he did, uh, Ish Wainwright, what, and well, you know, we've been talking about that stuff all throughout the day. There's also a very emotional kind of human element to it. It just felt good to beat Dallas Mavericks. It's it's a the NBA is trying to create a rivalry between the Suns and the Mavs, and I feel like they've done a really good job. I feel like it's sort of organically happened while at the same time being forced on us a little bit. Remember during rivalry week, it was the Suns and the Mavs. The opener was against the Mavs. It was right. like, like the NBA was trying to say, okay, this is a rivalry. Here you go. It's a rivalry, you yeah. know, and not not one that was kind of artificially enhanced by the NBA. It's a rivalry now between these two teams. Yeah, and look, because of, you know, we've always called Book um, an old soul. Um, he He's an OG in the sense of the way he plays the game, the way he sees the game. Um, and as a young boy growing up, he watched some of those great rivalries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I go back to... Um, like talking with his father Melvin, and there's there's countless stories of when Book would play with Melvin. You know, uh, when he was a kid, mm-hmm. and he's out there playing against adults, and there would be you know some dust ups on the court, and Melvin reminded him, "Is like that's you. I mean, that's on you. Figure it out." Yeah. Um, and so you know, be, because of that, that's kind of the way book likes to operate i mean that just he he's always got those competitive juices but in those situations they just percolate even more and he said afterwards he said you know i got no problem with with luca on the court off the court but man when the ball is is tipped up and we're between the lines i don't like you and I'm going to go at you. <laughs> and it doesn't matter who you are. Who you are. Here's his post-game exchange with reporters. I'm not here to tell so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, picked up what he said to you. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to the ref. He said something to me the first. I responded. You know, you guys say you don't want everybody to be friendly, friendly. There you go. We got, you know, we got, we got some smoke. Do you think that traces back to the playoffs last year? Yeah, I mean, it's just two competitors going at it. Um, like I just said, you got everybody speaks on you know how friendly the NBA is now, and and don't like that. And you know, I have no problem with Luca um, on or off the court. But you know, when we're competing, we're competing. And look, it's fun. I I, I know. 
you know, both sides yesterday on social media were were jawing at each other. There was a lot of reaction on social media yesterday. I, I was not privy to a lot of it, but I can only understand that probably a lot of it was Mavericks fans who are like, "Come on, book, yo, you you don't have the right to you, you lost to to Luca last year. You yeah. lost Game Six. You lost Game Seven. You don't have the right to jaw at him like that. You keep your mouth shut. Just play the game. Blah blah blah. Man, that's not Booker. You you just don't. Uh, there is nobody in this world that Devin Booker wouldn't jaw against on a basketball court. Oh no, nobody. And look, we saw him. We saw him mix it up. Or I don't know if you saw it on, but like mix it up with Kyrie a couple times. Oh yeah, like kind of throw a little elbow. Like there was an exchange for loose ball. And Book pulled it away. Kyrie kind of reached in, and Book, you know, flicked it away. Uh, I, I don't know if they, it could be heard on the telecast or on the radio broadcast, but the fans were chanting, Booker sucks. I mean, I, I in one of my tweets yesterday, that's music to his ears. Oh, sure, he loves it. Because his, his idol growing up, Kobe Bryant, that's the kind of ire that Kobe elevated the fans to. That means you were doing your job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't. I, I think it's great. I think it's entertaining. I think that I, I felt like a little bit at the beginning of the season with matching the Suns up against the Mavs and then during rivalry, rivalry week that the NBA had was it like three weeks ago where a lot of their nationally televised games were against so-called rivals and the Suns played the Mavs. I almost felt like the NBA was trying to artificially create a rivalry between the Suns and the Mavs. I think this is all organic now. This is all, there's nothing, this is now legit. It, yeah, there doesn't need to be anything contrived or, or scheduled or planned by the league. Like, right. I think every time they play here or there, there's a level of intensity. Uh, there was a fair number of, of Suns fans in the building yesterday. And you could just kind of feel walking into the arena like the Mavs fans are all for it. Suns fans are all for yep. it. Bring it on. And, and, it, and we have a unique perspective of this being Suns fans in that there have been rivalries that have been that have kind of defined you know the the generations right the Spurs rivalry that defined a whole decade of Suns basketball right like I mean the, the the hatred of whether it was Bruce Bowen whether it was Tony Parker whether it was Tim Duncan Greg Popovich the hatred for that team was real and it was fun now often the Suns were on the wrong end of it to the point where when they finally beat the Spurs it was like a huge deal that they got past the Spurs the Lakers. That's that goes back to pre magic, right? I mean, you're talking about 70s and on since those. I don't think this has gotten there yet to either one of those levels. But I think a few more meetings in the playoffs or a few more games like yesterday, and we will look at the Mavericks the way we looked at the Spurs 10, 15 years ago, right? Like, okay, that's a big deal game. Circle it, highlight it. It means so much to win that game. And that's fun because I don't. The Suns really haven't had that with anybody in a long time. Long no, and, time. and and you know this because you're you're a big movie guy. I know just from from listening to the show, like <clears throat> you have to have lead characters. Yes, right. I mean, you look at, at any of the the, the great you know kind of dramas or the battles in movies. Like you have to have adversaries. You have to have lead characters. It's funny that you say that. <laughs> I was I was reading an article today on the Ringer about the new Creed movie. 
And I haven't seen it yet. But the, the, mm. the guy who wrote the article, or the woman who wrote the article, I can't recall, made the great point that Rocky movies are like James Bond movies. They're only as good as the bad guy. Yeah. And if the bad guy's great, it's a great movie. It's a great and if movie. the bad guy's so-so, it's not a great movie. And you think, and I thought about it, I never really thought about it that way. But they were right. In every Rocky movie ever made, if the bad guy's great, it's a great movie. And if the bad guy's kind of blah, nobody cares. Same thing for James Bond. Um, that's what makes Luka Doncic is a great bad guy. And if you're a Mavericks fan, let's call it like it is. Devin Booker's, Booker's a, a great, great bad exactly. guy. He's a great bad guy. He's someone that's it's really easy to not like him if you're a Mavs fan. Yeah. It's really easy to not like Luka if you're a Suns fan. That's what makes it cool. That's what makes it okay. This is this is legit now because they don't like each other. I, I mean, they might respect each other, but on the court, there's going to be a whole lot more of this the next time they play. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And look, you people forget that I think what enhanced the rivalry, unfortunately, for you know, I mean, remember the Suns had won what fourteen of fifteen. Yes, against the Mavs. Yes, before the playoff success last that, year. That number sounds it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Luca had lost, I think, like eleven straight, ten, ten straight, ten or eleven straight, and then the Suns had the lead in the series, two zero, going there, thinking you're going to handle, and and then you get beat, and so yes, it, it it added a little more salt to it for the Suns fans because they lost in a season where they set the, the regular season mark for wins, franchise history, and all that. So I think it enhanced the rivalry. But to your point, we need at least one more playoff series, if not two, to for it to reach that level of Spurs and Lakers. And maybe for some old-school Suns fans, it would require even more just because of how baked in the Lakers and Suns are and Spurs and Suns are. But, man, we... We're we're trending in that direction. Yeah, we are. The, the shame of it, in some ways, is if these two teams don't meet in the postseason, they're done with the Mavs, right? They don't play the Mavs again the rest of the season. No. So we wouldn't, potentially, the next Mavs game isn't until October. And I would bet the Phoenix Suns are opening the season against the Dallas Mavericks next year. I would, I'm calling my shot right now. There's going to be a nationally televised game on opening night of opening week, and it's going to be between the Suns and the Mavs. I'm calling it right now. And you know what? It's not contrived. It's not forced. I say bring it. I, a year ago, I would have said something different. Now I think it's great if they meet. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo with K. Ray filling in, how much can just Devin Booker and Kevin Durant do for the Suns? Are the two of them enough. We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We'll, we'll see. I'm sure it'll change game to game, but you know, I think they're, that'll be something that they result back to often. Um, but we have ultimate confidence in everybody. I'm telling Chris to shoot it every time, Ish to shoot it, Josh to keep shooting. You know, he didn't hit many today, but the last two games he made made the teams pay. So, you know, we're going to keep working on it. You know, the more games we play, the more experience, the better. You know, so we can 
and kind of see and gauge how teams are going to be guarding it. It was Devin Booker after the game yesterday, a game in which he had 36, KD had 37, Luka had 34, Kyrie had 30. It was obviously anybody who watched it knows it was a very star-dominant performance, which is exactly what I think the network would have wanted and, and really you know appeals to a lot of people. Uh, the numbers themselves are crazy. Those four combined to score or assist 116 of the 135 points in the second half between the two teams. I mean, it, it, and anybody who watched the game can tell you that stat felt very real. That that was the game we all watched yesterday. The question I have on the heels of something like that. Okay, we Booker Durant. And we get it. Those are two stars in this league, and they're going to play so well off of each other. I'm thinking about the role players. I'm thinking about the other guys kind of on the outskirts. But even more specific than that, I'm thinking about Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. And I really want to talk about Chris Paul a little bit here because there were times during yesterday's game, and you know you were there, you were in the building, where they're giving Chris the shot. They're giving it to him. Here you go. Big neon sign, arrow, pointing to Chris Paul. Shoot the ball. And... He he did with great effectiveness in the fourth quarter when he hit two of the three threes that he made. I I, I wonder how much of an adjustment this is going to be for him because this is going to be a very different role for him. And, and I know they've kind of been prepping him for this by being more off the ball. But how Chris responds to those moments, I think, is going to tell a lot about whether this thing is truly a success or not for for the Suns. Uh, I can tell you, he's he is all for it. He is absolutely all for it. <clears throat> I mean, look, Chris is, you know, he, he is the ultra competitor, um, but he's a realist. He understands. He, you know, he recognizes what has taken place the last two years. And yeah, they they had, even coming into the season, that had been in the works, trying to take him off the ball more. And it was really twofold. Um, and this was obviously pre-trade. Um it was getting Chris off the ball more. Now, granted, the injury kept him off the floor, so his usage rate has gone down significantly. But it was also, you know, getting other guys comfortable handling the ball, bringing the ball up, initiating the offense, not putting everything on the shoulders yeah. of their 37-year-old point guard. Uh, it, you know, as much as Chris loves having the ball in his hands, he wants to do whatever is best for the team. And when you bring on a guy like KD, and this was a, a note, um, and I just had my, my game boards from, from the previous game I did because I had this set in. Chris is shooting a career high on catch and shoot. Uh, what do we got? Taking the highest frequency of catch and shoot looks of his career, making a career best 53.8% from beyond the arc. That's what so it needs to be. What's not to like? Yeah. And like the the game in Chicago didn't take his first field goal attempt until three minutes left in the first half. Mm-hmm. Like he's all about you need me to be the table setter early. I'm I'm on board. You need me to to drop down into the corner to be off the ball. I'm on board. And you know we were talking about the wide open looks for Booker the last three games. I mean, how about the two wide open looks that Chris had yesterday? So much so, like he gets the ball, he looks down, checks his feet, shoulder square, feet set, catch, release, boom. Yeah, <laughs> he had time to do all that stuff, and and that's and I have 
It's not even that I doubt his willingness to do it. I, I, I don't doubt that at all. It's just such a different role for him that I wonder if it's going to be a period of adjustment for him. You know, like it's the willingness is there, but in terms of, hey, no, Chris, really, like hearing, hearing that soundbite that I just played, hearing Devin Booker encourage Chris Paul to shoot the basketball, that sounds weird to me, right? right? Like, he's one of the all-time greats. He shouldn't need any encouragement to do anything. And yet, I do think in this new world order for the Suns, Chris is going to need a little encouragement to shoot the basketball. Hey, dude, you're open. And I know you're the distributor, and I know you're the creator. Right now, today, what I need you to be is the shooter. You've got that look. Take it. Shoot it. Don't make the extra pass. The best percentage play is for you to shoot that basketball right then and there. And I just wonder if that adjustment into that mentality is going to take a little bit for him to kind of recalibrate how his mind works when he's out there. Yeah, and I I think we would be naive to think that there isn't an adjustment. And I think it's, it's not necessarily the reluctance of Chris. It's you've been doing pretty much one thing for your entire career right and oh yeah i am wide open yeah (laughs) oh no i mean okay it's not not everyone's gonna get this but I, i think about what we're doing right now talking on the radio okay i'm the driver i'm sitting in the driver's seat right okay i have all the buttons i have all the sound i i i'm driving the show if we were to one day switch and gambo's here and i'm over there Okay, it's that's gonna take me a while, right? That's right. gonna be something that's like, okay, it's a different mentality, it's a different mindset, it's a different everything when you're sitting and and really, no matter what your line of work is, you could probably think about what you do, and if you were asked to do the job of the person down the hall, you know everything about it. It's still gonna take you a while to adjust to it. That's what I feel like Chris is gonna go through, and and I was. I was relieved to see him hit those two threes in the fourth quarter, not because I doubted his ability to make them, but he's got to take them. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's there. Take that shot. And I need to see him get more comfortable in that to be as comfortable as he can be in that. Yeah. And I, and I think that's exactly what, what book is talking about is when that ball does come to you, don't don't look to always make that extra pass yep. or don't look for the dribble penetration to set somebody else up. You're wide open for a reason. It's because we've been able to move the rock and manipulate the defense. But there's still going to be some adjusting for oh. the Suns. I mean, not just with Chris Paul. And I, I, I don't know if there's anything. This is really like inside basketball type stuff here. I, I'm so the rotations and who comes in and who gets the minutes. And yesterday you almost saw Monty on the fly. Go, okay, you know what? Josh Kogi, great defensive player. He's a real liability offensively. We've got to get him off the floor. Terrence Ross, great offensive player. He's a real liability defensively. Got to get him off the floor. And almost like midstream, switching to Torrey Craig and Ish Wainwright and having it work. And I think you're going to continue to see a lot of that. Because, I mean, look, these last 18 games, for those players, it's in essence an audition to see who's going to get those playoff minutes. I mean, I, I get it. The big four are going to get the bulk of the minutes. Those playoff minutes for those role players are in the the the, the mix here, and it's an audition from here on out. Yeah, because Monty had already said, like almost even pre KD trade, talking about tightening up the rotation. You know, coming out of the All Star break because the All Star break is no longer the, the midway point of the season. Yeah, as, as we know, like the runway has, has you know been shortened significantly. 
Big time. When we come back, some big news regarding one of the Western Conference's top teams. How will that impact the Suns going forward? We'll talk about it next. K Ray in for Gambo here on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, before we talk about a Western Conference rival for the Suns, um, I do know that Kevin has K-Ray's filling in for Gambo today. Big event that you're a part of, that you want to let everybody know about, and certainly wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about it because I know it's a really big deal to you. Yeah, and, and I appreciate it. I just thought, you know, having this amazing platform uh, giving me the ability to talk about the the uh, uh, American Diabetes Association and the Arizona uh, chapter, Arizona Diabetes Association Tour to Cure 56. It's coming up March 18th, so it's in a couple of weekends, and it's going to take place out in Goodyear, Arizona. And it's if you're a cyclist, or even if you're not an avid cyclist, what I mean, this is an amazing event because diabetes. Like I said, I've been volunteering now for the last couple of years. And I, knock on wood, God bless, don't have diabetes, but it is kind of one of those silent killers in the, you know, in, in our world today. 37 million people uh, living with diabetes and people on a daily basis are being diagnosed with type 1 and type 2. And, and people that you look at wouldn't think are dealing with it. And so this ride is helping to raise funds as we, you know, try to find a cure. They have three different rides, 56 miles, 23 miles, and 5.6 uh, it's out of the Goodyear ballpark. It, the, the great thing about it, Bernsey, is they're going to encompass like some spring training game with the Cleveland Guardians out there and the Cincinnati Reds. But some of the cyclists on your ride will get to run right around the Phoenix Raceway. Oh, that's so cool. So the Phoenix Raceway has cooperated, you know, beautifully. And you're going to get to ride on that iconic NASCAR track also through the beautiful Australia mountains. So um, the prettiest mountain range in the valley as far as I'm concerned. The Australia is a gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. gorgeous. So it's that Saturday morning. uh, Also out there, the 56th theme pays homage to the 56th fighter wing operations at Luke Air Force Base. Uh, So you can find out more information, donations org. I unfortunately am going to be out of town that weekend, but it's something that has become important and near and dear to my heart, so just wanted to get that information out Give there. Give me that website again. So website again is donations.diabetes.org. You can donate, so even if you're not able to participate in the event, but even if you're a casual weekend cyclist, it is, I mean, it's, a, it's an all-day event. You're going to be surrounded by wonderful people and uh, and some great stories to share as well. Super so thank cool. you. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. My pleasure in letting everybody know about that. So uh, if you're interested, please check out the website, donate, uh, participate. It sounds like it's going to be a really, really nice event. I'm sure the weather should be really nice that time of year, too. So that's super cool. Thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. The John Morant story is one that obviously, I, I mean, just from a sheer basketball standpoint Let, let's let's take the the personal stuff out of it for just a second even though that's probably the most important stuff and start with it from a basketball standpoint not knowing when John Morant is going to be back is a big deal because right now the Memphis Grizzlies are the number two seed in the Western Conference but they only have a one game lead over Sacramento they only have a three game lead over the Phoenix Suns and if you're going to tell me they're going to be without John Morant we know they're without Brandon Clark because he, he injured 
his Achilles. He's out for the rest of the season. The Grizzlies are vulnerable. Very, very vulnerable. And it's the not knowing when Jaw is going to come back that makes them so vulnerable. He's allegedly, supposedly out for at least two games, but their head coach, Taylor Jenkins, was talking with the media yesterday, and he said, right now, we don't have a timetable for Jaw to return. There's not a definitive timeline. I mean, we have said that it's going to be at least these two games. You know, we're taking it one day at a time. I mean, this is going to be an ongoing healing process. Um, So, um, I can't comment in terms of what the exact timetable is going to be, because it's really not a timetable situation. Yeah, because, and the reason why he can't give anything specific, the league hasn't concluded their investigation. Colorado police haven't concluded their investigation. This one's got the makings of being a long time that John Morant could be out for the Grizz. Yeah, and look, Bernsey, looking at their schedule, um, they, they've they've got a a daunting uh, week ahead with all all conference opponents. They're at the Lakers tomorrow night, so they don't have to travel. So they played at the Clippers last night. Whew, they lost a tough schedule. My goodness. <clears throat> then they're home against Golden State. Then you got a back-to-back, home-and-home with the Mavericks. Then you're taking on a a desperate Miami team. The only reprieve that they're going to get is March 17th. They'll be at San Antonio. Then you face Golden State again. Then you face Dallas again. So you got Dallas three times. So you've got a, a desperate Dallas team, a desperate Lakers team, um, Different levels of desperation. The you know as you look at the big picture, they've got Houston a couple of times in there, but they are taking on Milwaukee late. Now at this point, we would expect John Morant to be back, but you talked about the the precedent kind of being set. I mean, there is a template in terms of the suspend number of games suspended. With Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. Uh, there was also a situation several years ago with J.R. Smith. I think we were talking about him because of what occurred in a club. That was 10 games. So I, I would be surprised if it's less than five. I don't think it'll be more than 10. But remember, the NBA investigation just started on Saturday. Yeah. So that that has yet to really pick up steam, and then now Colorado has jumped into the mix in terms of investigating what occurred at the the club. And, and if you if you missed the news from over the weekend, if you're like, wait, what happened with John Morant? He on his Instagram live page, he he brandished a gun, he flashed a gun, and he, they're on the road, they're in Colorado, they're in Denver, taking on the Nuggets, and he's at this club at five o'clock in the morning, and he's he's showing off a gun that he has, and you know while Colorado is an open carry state. There are also certain rules about establishments you can bring firearms into, so that's why the police there are investigating. The NBA does not obviously allow guns on team planes or on road trips or in NBA facilities or things like that. So now they're going to be investigating him. And more than anything, the thing I've noticed over the weekend about this John Morant story is, you know, aside from what it does to Memphis and what it does for any team's chances of catching Memphis, there's a real like red flag about John Morant that's being flown right now by everybody, like the sense of entitlement for this guy to think that he can do all this stuff without any ramifications, without any punishment, without any consequences at all, has reached like a tipping point where, man, how could you not know that flashing a gun on your own Instagram page was going to get you in trouble? What sort of sense of entitlement do you have that you think you can do that and not be accountable for? He released a statement. It said all the right things 
things, but that's you know far cry from actually doing the right things. There are people around the league who think that John Morant needs help, like help from other elite players in the NBA teaching him how to be an elite player in this league, help from his family, help from his friends to kind of get his stuff together before he he wastes an unbelievable career by making a series of bad choices because he thinks he's entitled to do so. The the greatest downfall of so many successful people, successful athletes, successful businessmen, whatever walk of life you do successfully, the greatest downfall oftentimes comes as a result of who you run with, who you have in your circle. They will oftentimes, like great business leaders, will constantly talk about as you continue to grow you know, in the business world and become more successful, you have to make difficult decisions. And those difficult decisions often stem from the people that you have in your life. Are they draining you? Are, are they adding value to your life? And the the real unfortunate part of this, Bernsey, with the gun is that this is not the first incident no. as it relates to a gun. He's already had one of his posse members banned from NBA arenas for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. There was a laser pointing situation with the Pacers. Right. There was a 17-year-old yep. that was beat up, and there was a report of a gun there, a mall security guard. So this is multiple incidents now where this guy, as you said, believes he has been walking a different path than others, and... There's there's trouble coming. Yeah, yeah. Steven Adams, apparently there was a players-only meeting recently in which he said the Grizzlies need to show better discipline on the road. I don't know. That's a team. I look, I'll, I'll be honest, This aside from John Morant, that was a team I had a hard time believing in anyway, you know, and, and I'm having a really hard time believing in them now as like a true threat in the Western Conference. I know they're the number two seed, but there was just something in between that and losing Brandon Clark now. I, I just feel like the Grizzlies are maybe I'm wrong and maybe John Morant comes back, but but that team given their lack of real playoff experience and lack of real playoff success and now all of this, I, they, they feel like not as big of a threat in the Western Conference as maybe some of the other teams are because of this. When we come back, well first of all, let me remind you, we're, we're just a couple days away from Kevin Durant's first home game is a member of the Sun of the member of the Suns, and we want you to be there sitting in the lower level. Text KD to six twenty six twenty. Enter for your chance to win lower level tickets to see the Suns play Oklahoma City on Wednesday. We'll throw in two Kevin Durant jerseys as well. Text KD to six two zero six two zero. When we come back on Burns and Gambo with K Ray filling in, we'll give you the latest on the Cardinals roster moves and apparently the hot rumor from the combo. Not sure you're going to want to hear it, but you will next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, the games that we're going to watch tonight locally, there, I don't think there's anything going on. I should have checked this. I should have had this in front of me. I was having a great conversation with Kevin Ray during the break. Yeah, no, no local games in action tonight. The next local team in action is tomorrow night when the Coyotes host the St. Louis Blues. The Diamondbacks are hosting the A's tomorrow as well, but that game's not on TV. Suns not in action until Wednesday when they take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. So as far as tonight goes, local Nothing in the association, you've got six games going 
on this evening in the Western Conference. You got Sacramento hosting New Orleans. That game's on NBA TV. You got the Nuggets hosting Toronto tonight. And then four games that are underway, including Boston versus Cleveland, Philadelphia versus Indiana, Portland and Detroit, Atlanta and Miami. Boston coming off their loss yesterday to the Knicks. They're already beating Cleveland by 13 points with about seven minutes to go in the second quarter there. How about the Knicks? How about the Knicks? I mean... And while we're at it, how about Mikel Bridges doing it again? Oh. 33? Last Oh, Mikel is... Good for him. He's going off yeah. on like a nightly... Have you seen his averages since the trade? They're crazy. I've tried not to look, uh, but... Does it make you sad? Was it 20, 20, 26 points per I'm game? pulling it up right now. I should have had it in front of me, too. Mikel Bridges' last seven games, 29.3 points per game, six rebounds per game, 57% from the floor, 50% from the three-point line, 94% from the free throw line. Yeah. Yeah. And for all you people, including Kendrick Perkins, saying the Suns were holding him back, stop. Just, just Is Kendrick stop saying it. that? Oh, Kendrick said it last week. Oh. You know, uh, big, big, I, I love Big Perk, but, you know, that was like a hot take that was like the Suns were holding him back. Come on, people. Be smart. But I no, no, none of us. I mean, we're all thrilled for Mikel. But here's the thing, like getting to play with the group that he got to play with the last two years provided a great training ground. He's taking full advantage of it. But, yeah, just stop with the silliness like, see, this is why the Suns shouldn't have let him go. Uh, he, he, Mikel Bridges was basically the star player for the team for two months when there was no Chris Paul and there was no Devin Booker. There was certainly no Kevin Durant. Who else going to take the shots from Brooklyn? Gonna, exactly, right? I mean, someone's got to take the, the shots Cam Thomas Brooklyn. train got derailed two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. He realized he's not going to average 40 points per game. <laughs> like, just be happy for him and let's not play the game of what if. Because at the end of the day, I think he'd still rather have Kevin Durant. Anthony Mikel Bridges, and I don't mean that personally. It's just good for him. Glad, glad to see that this is happening for him. I think that's great. Um, all right, I want to play this sound again. That's what's on tonight, the games that we're going to watch. I do want to play this sound again from earlier today. This is Rich Eisen on his show, and on the number one thing he heard from people at the scouting combine. I hope you're sitting down for this. Number one rumor I heard at the combine, not in terms of a lot of yacht chatter, but this this one just blew my mind. Tom Brady may not be done after all. Wait, what? A couple people are like, just you, just hang on, just you wait. Well, wait for and I'm what? Like, what I'm, are you I'm, for? And I'm like, he's Instagramming out videos of his cat. Yeah, you know, trips. Yeah, he was at UFC over the weekend. I know. But it doesn't look like he's getting uh, big, big and fat, does it? And and that he's just let, like let it play out. Let's see who wants what. And and the one place that folks are saying keep an eye out for is Miami. Yeah, what the autopilot. hell's going on here? Your autopilot Tesla just drove off the road. <laughs> I mean, to some people, it won't be a shock. 
to some people, they'll hear it and go, well, yeah, he's Tom Brady. He's a diva. He's got that Brett Favre in him. He, you know, he can't get enough of the attention and the glory and the competition and he wants to play. I, I imagine there are some people right now who are listening who aren't surprised at all. Me, I, I saw that video, that 45 second video of him on the beach retiring, and I thought that was about as heartfelt and sincere and real as it could have gotten. Uh, so I, I'm chalked me up as surprised that that's some of the chatter. Now, again, doesn't mean it's going to happen, but but the, I, look, I, I have a lot of respect for Rich Eisen, and I'm sure the people that were talking to him at the Combine are pretty high up in the league and in certain organizations. I, I'm sh- He's not making this up, you know, this, he's not inventing this out of thin air. I'm sure there's something to this. I just don't know how much there is to this. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's the old something, nothing, or everything. I, I'd really hope that it is nothing um, for the sake of Tom Brady and for the sake and his legacy. Because man, you did it once, and people kind of understood it. You know, they felt you jumped the gun and dealing with the marital issues. But dude, don't do it again. Because, like you said, the the retirement announcement coming the way it did did feel, feel sincere yeah and you you pull the rug out from under our feet again and you will be the proverbial boy who cried wolf and to me you will tarnish the it's not going to take everything away but it's like what why right yeah it, it it what what value like what real football value are are you bringing to yourself and the Dolphins. Did you not see how he played the, the last seven weeks? No, I did, and I thought he was done. And it certainly would never take away from anything he accomplished on the field. No. But it, 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 I don't think there's anything that could do that. But there is something very unsightly about, I'm in, I'm out, I'm retired, I'm not, I'm done. No, let's play. You know, it's like, then don't tell everybody you've retired. Tell everybody I haven't made a decision yet. There's no reason to put that kind of finality on it. That's going to do it for us. Speaking of finality, we are out of here. K-Ray, as always, appreciate it. Thanks for filling in. Thanks, brother. Good to see you. Got it. Good seeing you, too. Gambo's back tomorrow. We're out of here. See you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock on Burns and Gambo. You're still here? It's over.